for the Old Testament, and especially when it came to leprosy. Leprosy was a virus, and once you got leprosy, chances are you were dead, right? But if you remember, the Bible says that there was a Levitical law that all you had to do was call on the priest or the man of God. And when the man of God showed up, he would cleanse the house, and upon being cleansed, you were free, or you, were, you had a, 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 an assurance that you were free from sickness and free from leprosy. I mean, what confidence you would have as an individual. Hey, we got leprosy, call the preacher. And the preacher shows up, not the, oh, dear God, oh, uh-huh. mask up, don't want to get too close because I don't want to catch it. No, he showed up saying, all right, I've got the remedy, i got the answer. God's given me some instruction how to deal with this sickness. Now, there were some things that he did specifically, but the last thing that he did to cleanse the house and to cleanse the person of leprosy was to shed blood. The Bible says that in that scenario, the priest would take two birds and he would kill the one bird. And when he killed the one bird, he said that he killed it over running water. So that means that the blood would run or flow into running water. Everybody say that with me. Say, blood and water. All right, so that's going to be significant in just a minute. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, before Jesus, God says the remedy for sickness was shedding blood. So the priest would kill the one bird, the blood would run into the running water, and then the Bible says that the priest would take the blood of the one that was sacrificed, and he would sprinkle the living bird seven times and let it go. And so what it represented is that blood was shed for sickness and disease, the sacrifice or ransom was made, and now it was let go. And it is no more something you have to contend with. So in the Old Covenant, once again, there had to be shedding of blood. Amen. All right? Now, we looked at that, and I want to just touch base on some things that we looked at last week. I'm not going to go over the the things that we talked about last week, but I'm going to take them a little bit further. You remember also last week, uh, we talked about the woman that was sick for 18 years. She had an ailment or a sickness within her body that she was bent over for nearly 20 years. And the Bible says in, the Luke's, in Luke's gospel, it says that Jesus came and he said to her, he says, Woman, he says, you are now loosed of your infirmity. Go your way. And if you recall, the Bible tells us that, that the Pharisees and the religious leaders, how many of you know it's the religious people that cause you the most trouble when it comes to believing God? You know, it's not the heathen that don't believe in God. It's the ones that think they know something about God that will cause you to stumble and fall because like, oh, well, do you really think you can believe God that way? And for most of us, oftentimes what ends up happening is that people talk us out of what the Bible already tells us. Have you ever found yourself reading the Word of God and all of a sudden it comes alive to you and you're thinking, dear God, did you see what the Bible just said? And something on the inside of you gets excited and you go to talk to somebody And they're like, well, yeah, but you know, you just never know. And they squelch and step on the faith that began to grow and live on the inside of us. And so he says to this woman, he says, you're loosed. 
And all the religious people said, you know, it's the Sabbath. You ought not do that. And Jesus says, you're hypocrites, right? But now here, I want to bring to your attention concerning that particular scripture. You can see it up on the screen, I believe. It says in Luke chapter 13, verse 16, it says, So ought not this woman, because he's answering them that were saying, You ought not heal this woman on the Sabbath day. He says to them, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Now, if you recall last week, I said to you, he wasn't saying to them, it's been nearly 20 years, it's about time she be loose, she's been suffering long enough, she's learned enough lessons from what God's trying to teach her. No, God, or Jesus didn't say that. He said, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. Ought she not be healed since she is a family member of Abraham? Now, once again, if you don't know anything about that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. But in regards to those people of that day, understanding or the, 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 the expression of being a child or a daughter or a descendant of Abraham meant a whole lot. Now, what does that mean? If you recall, the, the Bible tells us the, the story of Abraham where they, he was 100 years old and his wife was 90 and they've wanted to have a child. And finally, God says to him, he says, Abraham, he said, I'm going to give you a son. And he says, but Lord, he says, you know, my wife, she can't, she can't have babies. He said, well, no, I said, you're going to have a son. He said, but Lord, man, she's 90 years old and I'm 100 years old. He said, I told you that you're going to have a baby. I made you a promise. And then he says to God, he says, how will I know? In other words, how will I know that what you said will come to pass? How can I take it to the bank? How can I be assured? How can I believe in this thing that you said is actually a promise and I'll have what you say, God? Then God turns to him and he says, Let's make a covenant together. Now, once again, for us in this Western culture, we don't understand what a covenant means. But when he said to Abraham, let's make a covenant, the Bible doesn't tell us that Abraham was told by God what to do next. The next thing that we see is that Abraham went and got an animal because he was going to make covenant with God. Now, what is a covenant? Well, I'll explain some of the details in just a moment. But when you made a covenant in the old times, a covenant with somebody else was to say, everything that I am belongs to you. If you go through some hard times, I'm going through it with you. If you need my help, I'll help you. If you need financial backing, I'll back you. If somebody attacks you, I'll go to fight for you. Anything and everything that I have belongs to you because we have now become in covenant with one another. And so when God said to Abraham, let's make a covenant, Abraham knew how strong and how powerful that agreement was going to be. And so in the context of the covenant, there were specific things in which they would do. They would take the animal and they would cut it in half and separate it. And then the two individuals that were making the covenant together, they would begin to walk around and between the cut pieces in a figure eight, walking through the blood, and they would discuss the agreements of the covenant. 
And at the end of the agreement, the strength of the covenant was to say, if you renege on the promise you just made with me, it is unto death. As we have cut this animal, and as we have shed blood, as we have made a promise together in blood, if you fail to honor your word, it is unto death. So that's how powerful a covenant was. And so God said to Abraham, he says, I'm going to show you how serious I am about giving you descendants and that you are the father of many nations. And so Abraham cut the animal in half. But now the interesting thing that happens is the Bible says that God made Abraham to fall asleep. Well, why did he make Abraham fall asleep? How many of you know that when it comes to making a severe promise, and especially making a promise to God, we have opportunity to renege on the promise. Has anybody ever reneged on anything that you promised somebody? I think we all have. Hey, I'll help you. I'll do that. I'll step up. And then when you count the cost, you're like, I think I bit off more than I can chew. And I just, I can't do that. I think all of us have been there. And so God, knowing that man has the potential of failing, the Bible says that God caused Abraham to fall asleep. But then the Bible says that in the midst of Abraham's slumber, as he's opening up his eyes and he's observing where the covenant was going to take place, the Bible says that he sees two individuals walking amongst the sacrifice. It says one appeared as fire and one appeared as a cloud. What it was is God the Father and God the Son making covenant with one another. He took the man out of the covenant and God says, I got it. Notice what it says here. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. It says, For when God made his promise to Abraham, he swore by himself since he had no one greater by whom to swear. How many of you know the Bible says over in Numbers 23, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. If God said it, will he not do it? And if he spoke it, will he not bring it to pass? So in other words, God says, listen, I'm not going to let you get in this, Adam or Abraham. I'm not going to let you have the potential of messing this up because this covenant I'm making with you is going to affect everybody. And actually what I'm going to do, I'm going to make this covenant with myself. So, how was the covenant solidified? It was solidified by God the Father and God the Son, but it was done by blood are you tracking with me so now when jesus the son that made the covenant with his father for abraham when he's standing here amongst the religious leaders that are saying you know you ought not heal on the sabbath day he says listen this girl this woman is a daughter of abraham Ought not she be made well? Why was he saying that? First and foremost, he was saying because there was blood that was shed. 
and she's a descendant of Abraham. So the promise that God made with him belongs to her. But secondly, he said, I was there, and God made the promise with me, so therefore I can stand here to say she rightfully deserves and needs this miracle because she's got a covenant with God, and it was sealed by blood. Are you seeing the strength of this? Well, how many of you know that the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says that Jesus went to the cross so that you and I could have the blessings of Abraham. Woo, praise the Lord. So God didn't just do it for them back then. What Jesus came to do was to make it available for you and I. But remember, we said this last week, that God, through Jesus, gave us a better covenant and gave us better promises. Amen. Now, what was it that God promised Abraham? Part of the covenant that God made with Abraham, it was that you don't have to live a life of poverty. Well, I live in Flint. I live in the Flint region. And you know that this area is very depressed. You know that this very, the area and this, this economy in this area is lower than everybody else. Hey, listen, I don't care if it's lower than everywhere else. Do you realize that the average income for the nation is around $45,000 roughly? In the Flint area, it's $24,000, almost half. Well, you know, I live in this area. That's why I live so poorly. No, I want to let you know that your father, God, paid a price. Blood was shed, and at, at, at the least, at the very least, you have a covenant through Abraham of what Jesus did. And the the covenant that God made with Abraham was that you don't have to be poor no more. Praise God. I've got the favor of God. So when I go into a job, when I go into a workplace, when I'm needing income, well, you know, this last year was really rough. COVID hit it. And man, there's all kinds of people that are unemployed. That might be for the average Joe Blow, but I'm a child of God. I've got a covenant with God. So it don't matter where I go. If there's somewhere that is hiring, if there's a good job to be had, I'm the first in line. My resume comes to the top of the list. Well, you don't have a college education. No, but I do have a covenant with God. Amen. Well, did you pay the price to go to college? No, Jesus paid the price and shed his blood. Praise God. Now, another part of the covenant that God made with Abraham was not only that you don't have to live a life of poverty, but the other part of that was that you don't have to live a life of sickness and disease. So, the Bible tells us through that covenant, the old covenant, the lesser covenant... The lesser promise, I have a right to be healthy and whole in my physical body. And if sickness and disease comes knocking, I have a promise that God wants and desires and will make me well. Amen. I've got a promise. I've got a right because blood was shed. Somebody say it with me. Say, I've got a covenant with God. Amen. All through the scriptures, you will find that there is reference to the shedding of blood. It's not that God is a gory God. The Bible says that there is life in the blood. And so, therefore, there's the sacrifice that ends up giving life. Now, do you remember when Jesus was with his disciples? 
The Bible says that just before he went to the cross, the Bible says that he went and had a dinner, one last supper with his disciples. Do you remember the story? He says, now, I want to have a conversation with you guys. He says, I'm getting ready to go do something, and this is really what it's all about. He said, this is why I've come. And he takes some bread and he breaks it. And he passes it out to his disciples. And he says to him, he says, this is my body that was broken or is going to be broken for you. And then he takes a cup and he passes it around. And he says, and this is my blood. This is the blood of the new covenant or the new promise that I'm making to you. And after he did that, the Bible says that all those that followed him left. And he turns to his disciples and he says, are you going to leave me too? Right? Because of the statements that he made. He says, no. He said, this blood, this cup, this covenant. He says, this cup is the cup of the new covenant or the new promise that I'm making you. And it's going to be sealed in my blood. He was letting them know, I'm getting ready to do away with the old promise that was good. But I'm about ready to give you a new one. How many of you know that if old blood has the ability to make you well, how many of you know that Jesus' blood is much better? Amen. So let's continue to look at this. He says, this is the cup. This is my body that was broken. But do you realize that the scripture foretold that? And there was even a point when Jesus referenced this particular scripture. Over in Isaiah chapter 53, starting in verse 4. I'm going to read it from the Amplified because I like the way that it reads. But Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our grief. Let's stop there for a moment. Have you ever dealt with grief, sorrow, stress, depression? Jesus said that he bore or carried your grief. I just want to ask you a question just as we continue, just for you to ponder. If Jesus carried it, then why do we do such a good job of carrying it ourselves? You know what we end up really doing when we carry the grief and the pain and the anguish and the sorrow? We say, Jesus, thank you for what you did at the cross, but I got it. I know you paid the price so that I didn't have to carry this grief, but I'm going to carry it anyways. Once again, let's see what it says. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. And carried our sorrows. There's that word again. He carried our sorrows and our pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded, 
him, we are healed and made whole. Did you see that Jesus came to stand in the place for you? He said, what I came to do was to solidify and to assure a covenant with you. If you're carrying griefs and sorrows and anguish and stress, isn't it long time that we give it to him? If there's sickness and disease within our body, isn't it time that we say, okay, Jesus, I'm ready to receive healing. I'm ready to receive what you came to do for my life. Amen. We said that whenever there was a promise made by God, God always established it by the shedding of blood. Do you remember when Jesus went into the garden? He says, I'm going to pray. He said, guys, will you come and pray with me? But do you recall when he was in the garden just before his crucifixion, the Bible says that he carried great grief and sorrow upon him to the point that he sweated great drops of blood. So when he was under great stress and pressure for what laid ahead of him, and he even said, Father, if this cup can pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. He didn't want to go through that and be separated from God, but he says, God, I'm willing to do that. And he was so stressed to the point that he sweated drops of blood. So if he went to the cross and shed blood for your grief, then why do we carry it? Because there was already a price paid for it. Do you recall that the Bible says that he was scourged? His body was beaten and marred and ripped and torn to the point that he was unrecognizable. You've got to get that in your head. Jesus didn't go to the cross looking like the Hollywood picture you see on the Mel Gibson show, even as gory as it was. No, the Bible says you could not even identify who he was. He was beaten so bad. What happens when the body is broken and beaten? It bleeds. And then the Bible says that he hung on the cross. And then he made the statement. Father, it's finished. And it says he gave up the ghost or he breathed his last. And the Bible says that the soldier came over and ran a spear through him. And it said that blood and water flowed. You remember I said when it came to the, the birds, I said, remember this? They killed the bird over running water. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. And as he hung there, giving up his last, blood and water flowed. Why? Because blood solidified and made it possible for us to have a covenant with him. Blood removes the guilt and it removes the shame. It cleanses us from, a, our, uh, from, a, uh, cleanses us from our sin. Now, here's the thing. Oftentimes we say, God, I, I wish I could believe you for healing in my body. God, I wish I could trust you, but... And what comes on the other end of that but? God, I, I know that I've messed up. God, I've done this. And God, 
I don't know that I'm worthy. God, will you please? God, hopefully you can look beyond. But the Bible says that when Jesus shed his blood, he didn't uh, give the sacrifice of bull and goats, but he was the perfect lamb slain before the foundations of the world. He sacrificed his blood. And because of that, the Bible says that we have remission or forgiveness of sin. And because of the blood, that's why in Hebrews chapter uh, 4, verse 14, states it this way. Look at what it says. You'll see it up on the screen. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Let us then approach God or God's throne of grace with confidence. Everybody say confidence. Approach God's throne with confidence so that we may receive, everybody say receive, that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Notice he said, come boldly. God, my body hurts. Body, uh, Lord, the doctor said, God, I feel like I'm dying. God, my, my body is not responding the way that it should. God, when it comes to my finances, when it comes to my marriage, God, there's all these things that I'm presenting to you. But it says I don't have to come up to him being a, 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 a bawling and squalling. I can come boldly and say, God, the blood has been shed. The sacrifice has been made. And I come confidently and boldly to the throne of grace to obtain. What did you come here this morning to obtain? You may say, I didn't know that I came to obtain anything. Then ask yourself the question, what do you need God to do in your life right now? What are you needing in your life? Because he shed his blood so that you could receive in time of need. And I'm coming boldly. In Jesus' name. The Bible tells us over in 1 Corinthians... The Apostle Paul says this. He said, guys, I want to remind you of something. He said, Jesus gave us an instruction. And he says, I remind you to partake of these communion elements and do it as often as you eat. So I want us to begin to prepare our hearts right now to partake of the covenant that Jesus made with us. Will you stand with me? Those of you that are watching online. Hopefully you have your communion elements ready. Let's get ready to partake. Go ahead and peel your top layer off. And grab your wafer. The apostle Paul says... Do this as often as you eat in remembrance. Is he saying, do this in remember? Oh, Jesus, that was such a great thing that you did. Oh, we're so thankful that you went to the cross. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You forgave me for my sins. No, he says, do this in remembrance of the promise. And then he even goes on to say this. He says, there are those that have gone to sleep or have died before their time because they don't reverence this very thing. What's that? The, the bread and the cup? No, there's nothing magical in this. He says, reverencing the covenant. 
if you'll reverence and honor what Jesus came to do, he said, there is power to heal your body. So, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, this bread is my body. And I'm allowing it, I'm giving it of my own accord to let it be broken. So that yours does not have to be. So right now, let's break and partake and receive of his healing power so that our bodies can be made whole. Let's break together. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken. You said that stripes were laid upon your back. And you said that by your stripes, we are healed. So, Father, right now, we speak to our bodies. We thank you that the healing power of God is working right now because we recognize the covenant and the promise that we have with you. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Then the Apostle Paul said this, he said, now, the cup represents the blood that was shed. You see, Jesus allowed his body to be broken, just like the animal was cut in half when God made the covenant with Abraham. But what sealed it was the shedding of blood. Now, if you're here this morning... And you need physical healing in your body. I'm going to ask you to do something. And this is just an act of faith. If we can get some music just to kind of create an, an atmosphere here. That will kind of get us ready to receive. But do you remember we talked about last week the priest. That would initiate the sacrifice. For the shedding of blood. We saw that Jesus was the high priest that shed his blood. But then God even says, you're a priest. I've called you to be a priest in this hour. A royal priesthood. And so, if you have need in your physical body for healing and restoration, I want you to take a, a step of faith. There is nothing magical in what I'm asking you to do right now. But I'm asking you to take a step of faith and be the priest that God has called you to be. And I want you to step forward and join me right up front. As though you being the priest are bringing the blood. Does that make sense? Why am I doing that? I'm just stepping out in faith and saying, Father, I'm willing to step out in front of everybody and bring the blood. As a sacrifice, recognizing what you did for me. Thank you so much for coming. Thank, thank you for your willingness just to step out. Amen. Just line up right across the front. Praise the Lord. Yeah, there's people that are coming up behind you. Just slide on in here. Praise God. Amen. Go ahead and peel back your, your cup, if you will. 
Now listen, if you have physical need within your body, let me be so bold to say this right now. Because this is the hour that Jesus is showing up in the church. You might say, I'm nervous to come forward. You might say, I don't know that I have faith. Listen, put your faith in neutral and let me believe God for you. So if you have need in your body, don't sit there in your pain and sickness. I'm asking you to come and join me. Just step out in faith. Amen? Amen. Are you ready to receive this morning? Are you ready to receive your miracle this morning? Are you ready to receive what God did through Jesus to see your body made whole? Amen. Now, all of us together, those of you online, if you're watching and you say, I have need in my body, as you get ready to, to, to partake of the cup, the blood of Jesus has made available your healing. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that there was blood that was shed, and if the old blood had the power for healing and restoration, oh God, we thank you that, Lord, the blood of Jesus in the new covenant, the better blood has the ability to make us completely whole, top to bottom, inside and out. God, I thank you that all the pain, all the discomfort, all the things in our bodies that right now are out of alignment, God, as we receive the blood, as we partake of the cup, God, in Jesus' name, we thank you that the promise is secured and alignment is taking place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let's partake together of the cup. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just lift our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. God, we thank you that the healing power of God is at work right now. Just as we've received of the covenant of God, we thank you that the blood has made it available. So, God, we give you all the praise and all the thanks in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, if you can stand with me for just a moment. For those of you that are online right now, I just want to say goodbye. I want to say thank you for joining us. Once again, join us next week at the same time. And we're going to have another opportunity to worship God, and to see God's healing power at work within us. Amen. We'll see you next time. Amen.